Well, this is part four of our series, and uh, I trust that over the past few weeks of this Mission Possible series, you, you, you've gained some knowledge, you've gained some insights, that you've been challenged and encouraged to steward your lives. Because that's what the city is all about. God has placed us on this earth as stewards of everything He gave us. And also, using your time effectively. We heard last week, our time, time is ticking, you know. And uh, we think we've got forever uh, on this planet we don't. We do have forever because we are going to live forever, either with God or without God. But right here, as believers, we must make good use of our time and use it in our mission. Now, today we're wrapping up the series and uh, before I get into the wrapping up of the series, I want to go back to a question I asked you right in the first week, right in the beginning of the series. And I want to ask it again. I wonder how many of you like a good thriller. I like thrillers. I like movies that kind of go, what's going to happen next? How is he going to get out of this one? You know, and I love books or movies that kind of, ah, it's action. The guy has a mission. The guy or girl, there's something they've got to do. There's something they've got to accomplish. But then there's all sorts of stuff coming against them. And they've got to accomplish that mission. I love it. Now, you know what happens. You just keep wondering, how is he going to get out of this one? How is she going to get around that obstacle? Now, we watch those movies in anticipation, wondering what is going to happen? How are they going to accomplish their missions? Now, your life and my life might not be as exciting and thrilling as a secret agent or, or those people in the movies. But your life and mine has a mission. And guess what? As you might have noticed, your life and mine has obstacles. Things are going very well, and then boom, you know, somebody steps in front of your car. Your, 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 your aging parent falls and cracks something, a rib or a pelvis. Huh? Your workers don't show up. Your boss has problems paying you. <laughs> and you start struggling with this and struggling with that, and all sorts of things come against you. You know your challenges, I know mine. So we might not be secret agents, but we have obstacles in our lives. We will face various obstacles along the way as we live our lives and try to live out our mission or missions, because many of us have more than one mission in life. I have more than one mission, because I am not just a pastor, I'm a husband and I'm a father, <laughs> okay? And now and then I am other things too. And so we have missions in our lives that we have to complete. And each one of those missions encounter hindrances or problems. And so in closing this series, we're talking about hindered objectives. Hindered objectives. You and I have objectives. You want to finish that course. You want to study. You want to get that job. You want to get this thing done. Do this business off the ground. Do that work. Get that promotion. Whatever. Make a certain amount of money. Serve the Lord. Be a good husband. Whatever your mission is. But your objective is going to be hindered <laughs> from time to time. And that's what we're going to look at today. 
our objective is our mission, the task or tasks we have been given to complete. But that objective can be hindered if we do not overcome our obstacles. And we're going to look at some areas in which our mission could be hindered. And the reason I'm saying this is that we must become aware of these areas. If we become aware of it, we will know what to do. We can, we can become alert. We can pick them up. We can say, hang on, this is an obstacle. It's not something I must give up. My mission because of that, it's something I've got to manage. I've got to get around. I've got to get over it. I've got to get through this thing. Amen? And so I want us to have knowledge of these things. And there are three areas. Only three. Okay, they've got subheadings, but there are three areas of resistance or a hindrance to your mission and my mission. Three areas, and here they are. A, number one, spiritual. Number two, external. Number three, internal. And you're going to explore these three areas. Spiritual, because believe it or not, we are surrounded by a spiritual world. There are angels and demons on this planet. In this room. Da, 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 da. And some people say, ah, there's no, there's no devil, there's no demons, there's no God, there's no... <laughs> and they go, lekker, I'm glad you think that because then they can work freely. A spiritual world is real. And you need to understand that. And you need to be on the right side of the spiritual spectrum. Then there are external obstacles, things outside your control. You've got no control over them. They just happen to you. Boom. Next thing you know, there's an obstacle. But then there are internal obstacles, things which go on inside your skin. And if you don't manage those things properly... They will hinder your mission. So let's dive in. First of all, spiritual. A, spiritual. Let's talk about spiritual hindrances. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12 says the following. Our fight is not against human beings. It is against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world. It is against the spiritual forces of Evil in the heavenly world. This is the description of our fight. You see? It is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. The earth's atmosphere is surrounded with evil, demons, principalities, powers. There is a hierarchy in the devil's kingdom. And he manipulates his little imps and little demons to try and hinder us. And so our fight is against these spiritual forces of evil. Our mission involves the spiritual realm. And so it means there will be from time to time spiritual resistance. If our fight is not against people, then who is it against? <laughs> against the devil and his demons. Now, don't be afraid of that. People go, people go oh, devil. No, 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 no. Remember, if you are in Christ, 
He who is in you huh, is greater than he who is in the world. Christ in me, Christ in you, is greater than those demons that are around. So evil is a spiritual force. And I want you to understand this. Evil is a spiritual force. And that's why very often, by taking down, by eliminating an evil leader, an evil person, does not do away with the evil. Case in point, everybody here has heard of Hitler, right? Now, Hitler's dead. But Nazism isn't. You see, the man, the, the source of that thing, the, which started, he was taken out. He's not here anymore. <clears throat> but the evil is still there. Why? Because the evil is a spirit. Once Hitler is out, they look for another vessel. Okay. The spirit looks for other people that they can use, that they can become part of. And the evil continues. And that's why there is, you see, in the world, all, all this evil going on. You can see it, it's evident. Wars, crime, hate, violence. You know, we put one guy in prison, another guy pops up there and does the same thing. Because evil is a spirit. And we need to understand, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against its principalities and powers. It does not mean that we must not hold people accountable. Oh, people must be held accountable. Criminals must be held accountable. But what I'm saying is our war goes beyond that. Our fight goes beyond that. Amen? And so apart from the evil and spiritual attacks we see around us, sometimes we experience personal attacks too. The devil just doesn't use the evil around in the world. He will target you specifically. And for a season, for a moment, whatever, he will manipulate his little demons to come for you. And so, some illnesses, some forms of depression, some feelings of hopelessness and desire to give up are a direct attack of the devil. Now, please notice I said some. Some illnesses, some forms of depression, and some feelings of hopelessness. Not all. And I'm saying this because there are very excitable and exuberant believers that believe everything is from the devil. You know, if you're sick, it's a demon. Cast out. If you're depressed, it's a demon. Cast out. They see demons everywhere. No, 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 no. Hold on. We do have physical problems, physiological problems, mental problems, psychological. Those problems do exist, and they need treatment. All right? Balancing of chemicals, you need some... They, these things are real. But I'm saying sometimes those things are a direct attack from the devil. And we need to be able to discern what is going on here. And we need to be aware, especially when these things happen. Amen? So how do we fight these personal attacks of the devil? I'm glad you asked. James chapter 4, verse 7 says the following, Therefore, submit to God, 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? So, how do you fight these things? Easy. Resist the devil, right? No. First, you submit to God. That's the key. Submit to God. We sang today, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know how the will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven? It's done on earth when you do the will of God. When I do the will of God, when I allow God to lead me, guide me, guide my thoughts, guide my actions, guide my reactions, guide my attitudes, all of a sudden, there where I am, the will of God is being done. And if I do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, guess what? The will of God is done on earth. So we resist the devil, but first of all, we submit to God, and then we resist the devil, because if we don't submit to God, we have no authority to resist the devil. But if we submit to God, amen, and then we say, Satan, you get behind me. I resist you in the name of Jesus. You go. You take your nonsense and you leave my body. You leave my house. You leave my home. Man, he's, he's got to go. Because you have authority in the name of Jesus. And before this name, every knee shall bow and the devil shall flee. <laughs> huh? First, submit to God. And then, second, resist the devil. Speak out against the thing that is coming against you. Act according to God's word and not according to how you feel. This is what happens with us. Something comes against us, the devil triggers something in us, and boom, we get in the flesh, and we react with anger, with bitterness, and, and interesting words come out of our mouths that are not in the dictionary. <laughs> and there's no way you're going to chase the devil like that. You've got to submit to God. Then you resist the devil. Amen? But there's another way that you can fight. And that is to, to remember some of the things that Jesus came to do on earth. And, and, and let me remind you of some things he came to do. And I'm going to Isaiah 61.3. Here are some of the things Jesus came to do. He says, he came to console those who mourn in Zion. Are you mourning? He came to console you. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And, and, and that's why, like, like my brother and my sister, who are mourning, they can worship and praise God because the oil of joy is being given to them. But watch this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When that heaviness comes... I'm going to give up. I can't do this. That, you know, that's an attack of the devil. What do you do? You put on the garment of praise. Now, a garment is something you put on. Jesus gives us the garment. We must put it on. He says, listen, guys, 
put on the garment of praise. How do you do that? Sometimes when you feel down, it is a spiritual attack. And so Jesus says, praise me. As we praise him, we cast off the garment of heaviness and we put on a garment of praise. And one thing the devil cannot stand is to see people worshiping and praising Jesus. He cannot stand. Why? Because he's jealous. Remember, he wanted to be the exalted one, the worshiped one, the praised one. Pride filled him and he fell. But still today, he craves the worship of people. What did he tell Jesus? Worship me and I'll give all these things to you. On these kingdoms that have been passed on to me, I'll pass them to you. Just worship me, please, Jesus. <laughs> That's what he wants. To see Almighty God bowing down to him. And he wants you bowing down to him. But when you bow down to Jesus, when you worship Jesus, he freaks out. And he gets out. He, does, he can't stand it. And so put on the garment of praise. Put some worship music on and start listening and singing along. Or just, just start singing. If you're driving, you're working, whatever, just start praising the Lord. Start worshiping God and watch as the joy of the Lord fills your spirit and pushes that heaviness away. Hallelujah. When there is push back against your mission, you need to discern if it is a direct attack of the devil. But sometimes it's not a direct attack of the devil. It's a result of something else. And so that takes us to our second area of hindrance, which is external. Sometimes pushback will come from sources outside yourself. You've got no control over them. You, now, you could say that you know, it can be things that people do. People's evil's action can hinder you. Somebody else does something that hinders you. Now, you could say... You know, people's evil actions are an extension of the devil's work. True, but in reality, people still make a personal decision to carry out that evil deed. You see, the devil can tempt. The devil can provide opportunities for evil. But the devil cannot force, cannot force anyone to do evil unless that person agrees with him. Did you hear that? Hmm? The devil can tempt, the devil can deceive, but he cannot force anyone. Some people come, oh, pastor, the devil made me do it. Say what? You may say the devil made a suggestion, the devil supplied the opportunity, the devil tempted, all, all those things, I agree with you. But you made that final choice to agree with him and do it. Did the devil make Adam and Eve eat the apple? No. He made a suggestion. He lied to them. But it was their choice because God was very clear. God said, you see that tree? You see that fruit? No, 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 no. Look, but no touch. Huh? How clear is that? 
But then the devil comes, look how beautiful it is. Look at it, it's so delicious, it's so good. And by the way, if you eat that fruit, you're going to be just like the boss, man. Come on. <laughs> and so who did it? They did it. They believed the lie and they went and took it and ate it. So, people may be influenced by the devil, but they still do evil things, and the evil that they do can affect you. In fact, the closer people that do evil, that do wrong choices, that make huge mistakes in life, the closer they are to you, the more you're going to be affected. The more influence they have over you, the more you are going to be affected. If I decide tomorrow to have an affair with somebody, you guys are going to be disappointed, but my wife is going to be devastated because she's the closest to me. You know, it's like a hand grenade, you know. The closer you are to the grenade, the more shrapnel you're going to get. And, and that's how it happens when people do evil. The closest you are to the source of evil, the more hurt you're going to be. And so, knowingly or not, other people's decisions can hurt and or hinder your mission. Sometimes even friends or family may say and do things that, although they mean well, may go against what you believe to be your mission. And it happened to Jesus. You believe it? Happened to Jesus. At a certain point in his ministry, in his ministry he told his disciples, you know what? Now I must go to Jerusalem. And there I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. He made a very plain to his disciples. Now, listen to this conversation between Peter and Jesus. Matthew chapter 16, verses 22 and 23. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> huh? Where's the guts to correct Jesus? Huh? Began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. You're not going to go to Jerusalem. Nobody's going to hurt you. You ain't going to die. Far be it from you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but only of the things of men. You see, Peter meant well. He didn't want Jesus to be harmed. His feelings were natural. I mean, that's how you feel for your friends. You want to protect your friends. The more you love them, the more you want to protect them. You don't want them to get hurt and not even and, and be far from you for them to be killed. And, and so Peter, his reaction was natural reaction. He meant well. But you see, he was thinking only as a human. He had no insight into the things of God. And Jesus uses a, a harsh phrase, get thee behind me, Satan, because Jesus recognized the source of Peter's thoughts. Hmm? And so sometimes people will come to you using logic and sensible arguments to get you away from your mission. Other times, that it can be a direct attack by people who are against your message. It can be in the form of verbal attacks, of accusations, even false accusations. Some other examples of external hindrances to our mission include bad governance of nations. There are nations which create laws which go against our mission. 
Bad governance may lead to financial collapse, which can hinder your mission. Certain socialist or communist policies can go against your mission. Bad and evil laws, unrest, unemployment, all these things can hinder your mission, can become an obstacle to your mission. Another source is natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, and fires. It's out of your control. But here's the thing. Although these things are completely out of our control, we are not powerless to carry out our mission in spite of these things. Throughout the ages, the church has always been in the forefront of helping people, assisting people in disasters, in, in political unrest, in problems, in assisting refugees. Do you know what it is? The church has always been there right in front, trying to help, be it natural disasters, be it political stuff, be it financial stuff. The church has always been there. So guys, even in situations beyond our control, which seem like an overwhelming obstacle, even those situations provide an opportunity for us to carry out our mission. We must just be alert, be creative, be aware of these things. Amen? And now finally, the last one, internal, the last area of hindrance, internal. And guys, this is possibly the most difficult area to deal with, is the internal hindrance area. It has been said, that the most difficult person to lead is yourself. That person that you see in the mirror every day, <laughs> not easy to lead that person because that person always finds excuses, doesn't it? It's okay for others to do that, but me, I've got an excuse, a genuine excuse. <laughs> Hmm. And so often the devil is blamed for things that we do all by ourselves. Okay. Sometimes the hindrances we face were actually put there by our own choices and our own actions. And now we sit with a problem with a hindrance, with an obstacle. So here are four internal hindrances we need to be aware of. Number one is fear of man. Fear of man. Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, if you are afraid of people, it will trap you. But if you trust in the Lord, he will keep you safe. Amen? If you're afraid of people, afraid of man, Huh? It will trap you. You will be trapped. So many times, people shy away from their mission because they are afraid of what people might think or what people might say. You know, they worry. What are they going to think of me if they find out I'm a Bible-believing Christian, you know, and I pray and I sing and I go to church, you know. What are they going to think of me? We, we, we have a fear of not being liked or not being popular. Yeah, he's a goody-goody, you know, a little happy-clappy. <laughs> he, he reads that, you know, that book, you know, that Bible, that myth. You know, he believes in that. <laughs> and we don't like that. And, we don't, and so sometimes fear of man holds us back from 
going out and living out our mission. We have a fear, maybe, of losing out on a, a promotion, you know, or, or getting certain jobs because we will not partake in the corruption or kickbacks or bribes that go together with that. And, and because we want to see more money in our pockets, we kind of compromise and we put our mission on the back burner and we, because we are afraid of man, afraid of what they might say, afraid of what we might lose if they find out who I really am. We hinder ourselves by being more afraid of, more afraid of what people think than what God thinks. Number two, pride. Another inner obstacle, inner enemy. James 4, 6, the end of the verse says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, pride can cause you to think of yourself higher than you ought to, or lower than you ought to. Both of those are forms of pride. You see, both underestimating your value and your abilities, as well as overestimating your value and abilities, is because of pride. Pride can show itself in both those ways. That's why the Bible says we must have an, an honest appraisal of ourselves and find out what are our gifts, what can we do, and not underplay that, not overplay that. Be careful with pride. Pride is a stumbling block. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Let it be a warning to us. You can be proud and you can push yourself and you can do life until so far, but the day comes where your pride becomes your downfall. Amen? Number three, lack of faith. Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, this whole stewardship thing is because we have to give an account one day to God of our stewardship, and he's going to reward us. And, and, and so he says, we need faith. We need faith, okay? You have to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder because without faith, you cannot please God. And you cannot accomplish your mission without pleasing God, amen? And so, where are you placing your faith? Do you have complete trust and confidence in God to help you in your mission? Or are you depending on your own self, on your own merit, on your own knowledge, on your own strength? As we've said before, everything you've got can be taken away just like that. We have to depend on God and trust Him. If we're going to be successful in completing our mission, we need to believe in God. We need to believe that there's a calling on our lives. Believe that we will give an account of how we handled our calling and that we will be rewarded for our faithfulness to him. Amen? And then number four, internal hindrance is lack of endurance. Number four, lack of endurance. And this is perhaps the chief cause of failure in our mission, as well as in many aspects 
of our lives. In our relationships, when something goes wrong in your relationships, whatever it is, it's often a lack of endurance. If things go wrong at work, at job, business, whatever, very often, lack of endurance. In terms of our mission, our service to God, ministry, if things go south, very often, lack of endurance. Now, let me share with you a snapshot of our world today as told to us by Jesus 2,000 years ago. Matthew 24, verses 10 to 13. And he says, and then, and I say, and now, okay, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Guys, when you, when you read this, does it sound like today or what? Many will be offended. Have you noticed how easy it is for people to get offended these days? You, you say something, maybe in a joking way, you say something carelessly, and man, they get offended. They want to cancel you. They want to crucify you. They want to put you all up because you use this and you said that, 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 that. Whoa! But not only the offensive, there is betrayal and there is hatred. All sorts of crazy things. And then, of course, false prophets within the Christian church and in other religions. There is this rise of prophets and apostles and so forth will come and say big stories to get your money from you and manipulate people and abuse people. And many are being deceived by these people. They are twisting scripture. They're not preaching the real gospel. It's like the Bible says, they are preaching what people want to hear because people with each ears want to hear what they want to hear and not what God wants to say. This is a description of today. And of course, lawlessness. Have you noticed any lawlessness perhaps lately? Like it's all over the world. And because of all this, and because of so much disappointment, so much disillusionment, so much bad stuff going on, the love of many is growing cold. And so Jesus says, these things are going to happen. What must you do? Endure. Because those who endure until the end, those who hold on until the end will be saved. Later on, Paul encourages us and he says, let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Those who endure shall be saved. He says, don't give up in doing good. Those who endure will reap a harvest. 
Our endurance matters. Your endurance matters. Without it, we miss out. Author and, and business consultant Patrick Lencioni, he, he said the following, success is not a matter of mastering subtle, sophisticated theory, but rather embracing common sense with uncommon levels of discipline and persistence. Huh? Success is not mastering all those fancy, complicated things and doing amazing things, but rather embracing common sense, your day-to-day -day stuff, but keep showing up and doing it with uncommon levels of discipline and persistence. No matter if your mission is being a parent, a worker, a student, a volunteer at church, or in your community, the key to success is to keep on showing up and doing those normal, daily, common sense tasks. You see, our, our natural tendency is to do it diligently for a while. A day, two, maybe a whole week. And then we let it go. We slide right back to our old selfish ways. We taper off. But success requires us to do those things continuously with discipline and persistence. I came across this yesterday. I'm going to read to you quickly because it, it, it encompasses it so nicely. Somebody said, we, we desperately want to live great lives. In order to do that, we look for something great to do. It's a huge mistake. People rarely arrive at greatness by doing great things. A far more common way that people arrive at greatness is by doing good things repetitively and redundantly. He says it's a tragedy that while we are looking for that great thing, a whole parade of good things passes us by and we ignore it. What did Paul say? Do not become weary in doing good. Do not become weary in just showing up and doing that mundane, that everyday, that common sense thing. Just keep on doing it. So don't give up. Do what you need to do with discipline and persistence. And so, folks, as we go out into our mission field this week, let's consistently be aware of these areas in which we may be hindered. Which are they? Spiritual, external, internal. And with knowledge, with the help of the Holy Spirit, together with discipline and persistence, we can successfully accomplish our mission. Let us embrace these truths, amen, and ensure that our mission is indeed mission possible. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand up and let us close in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, that with you on our side, with the guidance of your Spirit, with the knowledge, Lord God, of what to do and how to do it, Lord God, with the knowledge of what possible hindrances may come against us, we can truly face life, embrace life, Lord, and complete our mission. I pray, Father, for my brothers and my sisters, everyone here present, everyone watching us online, everyone listening to this message, Father, 
Give us the grace, give us the discernment, Lord, to pick up when these hindrances show up, Lord. And give us the courage and the strength and the faith to deal with them, to keep on going, to discern where they come from, to submit ourselves to you and resist the devil, to keep on doing what we must do, Lord God, to find ways around obstacles by the guidance of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we want together, Lord, to come one day before your throne with mission accomplished and hear from you, well done, well done, good and faithful servants. And so now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you as we go forth and do our mission for the Lord. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy your Sunday and see you again next Sunday for our Palm Sunday in preparation for Easter. God bless you. Amen.